Hi, I'm Jessica, and when I'm not drinking all the coffee, watching Razorback sports, or hanging out with my family of boys, it's my passion to help elementary music teachers just like you find your unique teaching style. My goal with this podcast is to share helpful tips, strategies, and to give you the motivation you need to gain momentum in your teaching so you can continue being the music teacher rock star you already are. Welcome to episode 45 of the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast. Today I want to talk about something a little bit different, and it's about how to use keyboards in the elementary music classroom. Now, I'm not talking about keyboards like, you know, that come with a computer. I'm talking about piano keyboards. So this is something that I would love to talk about because it's something that's a little bit different than the norm. And we talk all about, you know, rhythm instruments and melodic instruments, orf instruments, recorders, ukuleles. But you may or may not know that you can also use keyboards in the elementary music classroom as well. And I got started doing this kind of in a, it kind of got one of those things that got put in my lap, not literally put it in my lap, but I'm going to explain how I got started with it. And what I love about it is it's a little bit different And there's different ways I'm going to tell you that you can use keyboards in your music classroom if you've been interested in this. And if not, that's totally okay too. pass this episode on to someone else who definitely would be interested in this topic. But what I want to share with you is we've talked a lot about how you can be uniquely you in your classroom. You don't have to do anything like anyone else. And it's okay if no one else, even in your whole district has keyboards in their classroom. And I'm going to break down some simple ways that you can get started and how I got started and what you can do, even if you are not a pianist. All right, so let's get started. By the way, I want to mention, first of all, there is a link to the blog post I wrote about this in the show notes, and or you simply can just head to thedomesticmusician.com and click on blog. And then if you go down to the search tab at the bottom, you can just type in, um, piano keyboards or keyboard lab and you'll see this blog post come up. Okay, so first of all, I am a pianist. I have mentioned this before. I started playing piano at six years old. I started out as a piano major in college and then my middle of sophomore year of college, I switched to music education. Piano was still my primary instrument. I was three credits short of also having a double major in music ed and piano performance. I just decided to continue on and student teach, or some of you call it interning. Um, It's the same thing. But do my student teaching instead of sticking around and just finishing those three credit hours, which at this point in my life really was the point, let's be honest. But anyways, um, so anyways, all that to say, I've always, and I've talked about this in several of the podcast episodes about singing has never been my strong point and some some music teachers lean more towards teaching instruments some lean more towards singing ton ton some to love teaching movement and some love doing a little bit of it all and so whatever works for you but for me personally i've always really loved teaching instruments and i taught all of it I love teaching all of it, but instruments is where I feel most comfortable. So ironically, I don't know if that's the word I'm looking for here, but my very first classroom had boxes and boxes of keyboards stacked up, just kind of collecting dust on this shelf. And I thought, okay, 
first of all, I wanted to kind of get to the bottom of why they were there. Like, because I knew my classroom, I've told you as a story, hadn't had music for seven years. So who ordered those? Had they ever even been used? Why were those ordered? You know, I just kind of wanted to find out. So I found out the music teacher that had been there way before me, he had uh, gotten enough money from PTA through a fundraiser to order a class set of keyboards. When I talk about class set, it was like 25 of them. And he had set up a full keyboard lab. And that's the majority of what they did was sing and learn piano, which I think is amazing. You know, I mean, where do you find that in an elementary school, really? Um, But I knew even being a classically trained pianist, I did not want a classroom full of pianos. Now, I have worked with schools before where they have separate keyboard piano labs and then the music classroom. Um, There's this private school that has that where they even do private piano lessons inside of their school building. But I'm talking about a traditional public school. We don't have a lot of space for that. You know what I'm saying? So (laughs) I know for myself, I wanted space for the kids to do movement and other instruments as well, and to even have space to just sing and, you know, be able to sit in their spots on the floor. Um, But I loved the idea, especially I didn't have any drums. I didn't have any other melodic instruments. I did not have any rhythm, other rhythm instruments. And so when I found these, I was like, okay, it's going to take me a while to set them up. And then it's going to take me a while to figure out what in the world I'm going to do with this. Because although I've taught private piano lessons, I play piano, teaching keyboards in an elementary music setting is a whole nother can of worms in itself. It's not even just, you know, like taking a group piano class in college. You're teaching little kids and private piano lessons are way different. Um, So anyways, all that to say, I ended up just setting up about four keyboards in the back of my classroom. And you're probably thinking, well, that doesn't do much. First of all, that's the only the only place I had space for. I got a long table from the science teacher in our school. She did not need it. And I set up, that's the only place I had space for it. If I had more room in my school or there was an empty classroom somewhere, I would have loved to have set them all up and you know taken the kids down there to do keyboard every once in a while. But I just set up four. And so what I did with these keyboards was I used them mostly with centers. And I'm going to go in a little bit in a minute how I did that. But I knew a lot, you know, first of all, I had kindergarten through fifth, but I also knew there would be some kids who were currently in piano lessons or had taken piano in the past. And then some who had never touched a keyboard before ever. So I knew the goal of it for me was not to teach like a formal piano lesson, but just let the kids experiment with playing it and getting used to their fingers, you know, touching it and being able to experience a melodic instrument, um, you know, and be able to to play any instrument for that matter, because I didn't have anything um, for a few years. So... The first thing I want to talk about is you can definitely use it in centers. If centers is something new to you, there is no right or wrong way to do them. It is, once again, what works for your students in your classroom? What resources do you have? How long do you see your students? What kind of centers do you want to do? 
And then uh, how often do you want to rotate them? All those things play into it and they're factors in um, determining what kind of centers to have. But I decided using these keyboards in my classroom was something I wanted to do in centers. And so, like I said, I set them up for, and I usually had four kids per group, but let's say I had a group of five kids in one group that was rotating to the keyboards, they would have, I would sometimes sit two at the same keyboard. And there was, you know, there's settings on keyboards where you can make half of the keyboard sound, um, like each side of the keyboard sounds the same. What I mean is one doesn't sound like the high, high notes and one doesn't sound like the low notes. They sound the same, like they're both the same octave, if that makes sense. Um, so that's a way to do it. It's just, you, you show the kids with like a piece of tape or something like that, where each side of the keyboard is going to, like which side is their side. You give them each a chair, obviously. And so what do you do with the centers? Like what, how do you, if they don't know anything about keyboards, what do you do? Well, first of all, um, like I said, let them experiment with sounds. Show them. You're going to take probably a class period to show all of the students in each class, depending on what keyboards you have, what settings, what, um, where to find the settings, how to use them, how to, they love to record themselves and play it back. Um, you do a little bit of teaching how to hold their hands on the keyboard, how to... Um, uh, where the notes are, what the note names are, things like that. But it can be as simple or as challenging as you want to make it. Now, remember, if you're anything like I am and you're a pianist, taking the classically trained pianist out of this equation and simplifying it way, 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 way down, even below a beginner piano student level, at the very beginning, because you, like I said, the whole goal of it is for your students to just learn, to listen, to explore, to improvise. And then as the year goes on, then you start teaching more of the notes, the note names. You can do a little bit of reading music, just like you do with the boom whackers. You could even color code the piano keys if you would like to. So centers, there's several ideas about centers and how you can use it. Okay, but let's talk about if you do use a full keyboard lab. Okay, let's say you have space to do this. I think that's incredible. So if you do that, then you can definitely teach more music theory and how to learn piano. You can tie it in with the different music objectives they're learning in your music classroom. Um, you may have some beginner students, some intermediate students, so you can sit them, sit, you know, the intermediate students on one side, the beginner on the other. You can um, show them some kind of piano program. Like I offer two piano courses on my website. If you just click on the piano tab, you'll see them there. Maybe if you do have space for a full keyboard lab and they're anything like that, there's a lot of different piano courses offered online where the kids are watching a tablet or some kind of electronic device, and they're just basically following along the lesson. There's also printable resources they can use with theory papers. So if you have time and you have space to turn it into a whole keyboard lab, that's amazing. And it's easy to implement, even if you're not a piano player yourself. If you use a certain program or a course where the students can watch and learn, and you're basically just guiding the lesson and walking around and helping, 
they can learn how to play piano. And you want to still do the other things in your music classroom as well. You're not going to neglect teaching movement and singing and the other instruments and improvising and composing and rhythm reading and all the other things that go into an elementary music classroom. Although learning piano would tie into all of that. So maybe you have a large enough classroom to have the keyboard set up on one side and the other half of the classroom you still use for all the other things. Or you have an empty classroom and you set the keyboards up there and then you still have your classroom space to be able to explore in there. Or maybe you're like I was and you don't have space to set up the whole keyboard lab. Maybe you only have space to even set up two of them and that's completely fine. So whatever works for you. But if you do have space to set up a full keyboard lab, like I said, by all means, teach those kiddos piano. So if you're using a few keyboards, we talked about using them as centers or you could even use them to teach the whole entire class and just have kids rotate where you're using kids as an example and they're taking turns. While they're taking turns, you can give the other kids maybe, like I said, iPads. Maybe you have class iPads, which is amazing, or any other kind of tablet where they're using keyboard or piano, learning how to play it on that. So then it's easy to transfer that knowledge to the actual keyboard piano. Maybe you have students practicing note reading and note writing while you have certain students over there at the pianos. So throughout the course of the school year, they're all learning piano, but they're kind of, some of them are learning it at the keyboards. And then the next time they're over there on learning the tablets or note reading and note naming while the other students rotate to the pianos, if that makes sense. So all the kids are taking turns. So to recap, I talked about you can use them as centers, just set up a few. You can set up to have a whole keyboard lab, or you can set up for small group instruction where you have certain students at the keyboards and the other ones are still learning piano um, on some kind of device or by rhythm writing or writing melodies. Okay, let's shift a little bit and talk about what equipment you're going to need. Obviously, you're going to need keyboards, and so... On the resources tab at the domesticmusician.com, there are some keyboards there I recommend. One of them is just a plain keyboard. One of them um, comes with the headphones and a bench and adapter and all those things. And the other one is an upright piano keyboard that you can use in your classroom. So those are just some ideas that I recommend. But um, I want to talk about what you really do need. So headphones is the first thing I'm going to say, and headphones is really good for when students are practicing, and there's some negatives to having headphones, though, as well. If your students are using headphones, you have to really make sure you're monitoring what they're doing, because a lot of times when the headphones are on, your kids will start just playing around with whatever, and if they think you're not watching them, a lot of times they'll get distracted and just start doing something that's not the assignment, right? But Let's say for your upper elementary kids, if you really know that they have a good handle on what you're, you know, you've taught them and it's time for them to practice, then yes, use the headphones um, because it's really good for them to be able to practice, especially like I talked about, if you have some of your students doing something else while you have certain kids at the keyboards, it's a really way to not distract everyone else and also so they're able to focus. So headphones is the first thing. And then obviously you're going to need a keyboards and how many you set up is completely up to you. Like I said earlier, you can just set up a few, a whole keyboard lab or whatever you're comfortable with or what you have space for. Then the next thing you're going to need is some kind of 
outlet to plug all the keyboards in, right? Some kind of electrical outlet, you know, that you can, the little outlets that you can plug into the wall that you, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but you know what I'm talking about, that has like several different <laughs> slots to plug in things that you use in your house, okay? Why can I not think of that word right now, you guys? <laughs> Anyways, okay. And then also, you're going to need um, some kind of music stand. A lot of the keyboards come with those already. But if you're buying keyboards that don't have music stands, you can usually just put the music stands behind the keyboards. You know, I'm talking about the music stands you use in band, everyday band. So if the students are reading for music, they'll have those right there. And then if you're going to need some kind of software or computer program to watch that or tablet to watch the lessons on, you're going to need something like that too. A lot of the keyboards also come with pedals, but you do not need pedals when you're use, doing a keyboard lab unless you are fully teaching some kind of piano. And maybe you're teaching a more advanced class and they're learning how to really play piano, then yes, you will need the pedals. So make it those are the things you will need and also a table to put the keyboards on we talked about that you're probably going to need several tables obviously if you set up more than just a few keyboards and then that's pretty much it um it, there's not a lot more you need a lot of the keyboards you buy really do come with all the things you need where it's like that they come with headphones and um a bench but a lot of times you could use use your classroom chairs. They come with keyboard stands. But if you're using the table in your classroom, you're not going to need that. A lot of them come with headphones, pedals, and all the cords you need in the gadgets and gizmos that you need as well. So like I said, if you look on the resources tab on my website, you will see some keyboards I recommend and it's just kind of what you're needing. And if you don't like those exact keyboards, if you click on them, it'll take you to Amazon and you can just search around for keyboards you like as well. So I hope that's helpful in giving you ideas of what you need to get started with what resources do you really need when you're starting out a keyboard lab if it's brand new to you? And then, like I said, there's different ways to lay out your classroom setting. So if you're just doing centers, like I said, just set up some tables in the back of your classroom. If you're doing a full keyboard lab, you could set them up in straight rows on tables in straight rows so they're facing you. Or you could even have them facing each other like half of the keyboards are facing one way and half are facing the other way. And that way you can walk down the middle so you can help students that way as well. And so if this is something that you have been curious about doing, I do have on the blog post I referred you to or in the show notes, a free cheat sheet about how to use keyboards in the elementary music classroom, which goes into a lot more detail about how to get started doing this. So if this is something you need or something you've been interested in, check out that free cheat sheet and it'll really help you get started. I hope you're having an amazing week teaching music and continue showing up for your students each and every day. Thank you so much for listening in to the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, I would love for you to review the show and leave a rating on iTunes. To find out more about how I can help you gain momentum in your elementary music teaching career, head to thedomesticmusician.com where you'll find free downloads, courses, the blog, and so much more. Continue teaching music and never doubt the impact you're making each and every day in the lives of your students.